Go Loud presents Murder Most Irish. I think we had an episode, but I think we've been off the air for three weeks. Oh, yeah, because I think the last episode was the end of April. Yeah. Yeah. So, and hello. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. No one has said anything. Um, we were off having really a great sound. time. Uh, um, tell me your Belfast. Anyway, I'm going to Belfast for work. Right. And I'm going to. So I can say this because this will be out. Yeah. When I'm there, actually. Wednesday, yeah. So I'm going to a pub called The Sunflower. Oh, that's nice. No, which Jim right. picked oh no that's not no. and it's on it's like on the end of the Shankill oh, Road Jesus Christ. and it is a nationalist pub we're going to be getting a headline on RTE News <laughs> and um, it's uh, it closed down in like the 80s okay closed down in like one of the points of like the height of the troubles right and it hasn't it never reopened oh okay but nothing changed inside of it and nothing changed outside. That's cool. So this guy that has like pubs in Belfast City Centre bought it. Who's but it? has done nothing to it. So it looks the exact same. And it still has its gun cage on the outside. So it still has a cage on the outside. <laughs> yeah, that they stopped. Used to stop like to stop people coming yeah, in yeah, and getting yeah. shot in pubs. Still has that. Like he fought the case against the council to keep it. <laughs> like <laughs> Why I want this cage. <laughs> Point one, it's, it's like, cool. And they were like, it's obstructing the sidewalk. And he was like, it's Point always two. been obstructing the sidewalk. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and then apparently at the back in the open area, there's like these two hippie lads that have started like an, a pizza oven thing. Oh, nice. So we're going this to... lovely. Um, so and Please don't die. Jim's exact point when he was like, I've picked her because it's like a the thing that like is he thinks it's Sorry. on the tourist trail. He keeps telling me this as like a reassurance. It absolutely is. It is one hundred percent on um, the tourist trail. And he says, um, he was like, oh, I don't want to go out for a big fancy dinner. And I was like, Yeah, okay, cool. And he was like, I want something casual. And then he just went, You know what? It represents us. And I was like, How dare you? <laughs> being thrown out of some of the best establishments <laughs> in this city oh, what do you mean that would be great crap. so um, we're all going and Aww. we have a like work thing to do on Wednesday that's quite like going to be very are you driving up or intense I'm driving up on Tuesday night and I'm going to stay over and then Wednesday day is this like big work event and, and then Wednesday down. night is the sunflower and I'm staying over and then Thursday I'm going to driving home that's nice so then we can go for a drive if you weren't in work you could come up and then we could drive home and do a big drive I am in work. Uh, speaking of the North, did you watch the last episode of the Dairy Girls? And <gasps> I cried. The last episode, I bought my eyes. I bought my eyes out. I love them so much. I bought my eyes out in the second oh, one, like I the penultimate one, because of what happened. Like yeah. I literally, and Graham was sitting heartbreaking. Like when Tommy Tiernan's character picks up the phone. Oh, stop! Tommy Tiernan is so fucking good in that so show. So good. Like he's got uh, the first couple episodes. Obviously, wasn't great, but like the last, the last two seasons, he's been so good. So good. Uh, Dairy Girls will be really missed. I sound like a fucking RT. No, really. Dairy no. Girls is gonna be very missed, but it really will. It's such a great show. Um, and I, t- I, l- I cried my eyes out the last episode. Oh, my eyes out. People on Facebook were saying that um, they were watching it and that their kids were watching it with them and they didn't really know about the Good Friday Loads agreement. people don't know about it. Like, that's like, on Twitter, people were like, oh, I didn't, this made me, like, look up the Good Friday agreement. What happened and Do you know what's really jazz? odd? Because uh, me, and, me and Jimbo, 
Jim Bob spent a week together last week because he was down and um, it's the British Jubilee it's the Queen's Jubilee Queen's or Jubilee yeah 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 and uh, the lovely Mamazon being incredibly culturally ignorant go on sent all of my associates messages being like you know enjoy it's a celebration it's a celebration and we're sending you all boxes of scones with the Queen's face on it why would they do that and British flags to your sites (laughs) yeah because apparently we're in the UK how many more times did you have to tell them and when I tell you I was like I want to fucking kill this bitch sounds quite English of them to be honest with you like I was like uh, and I literally got to a point like where you're like no stop and they're like what's that keep keep going I was in a room with somebody and the response from the person was do you want to hear what the the response was well we celebrate everything I was like excuse you and and they were like we celebrate everything and I was like in what sense and she was like well we celebrate Eid and I was like we give out Eid celebrations yes Um, I was like also Eid whatever there is you need to look at the historical background and I was like yeah and I was like like, do you want to know I was like um, and I just went off and Jim was in the room and I was like yeah um, we didn't colonise that country no like, do you want us to send some fucking pictures of, of Jerry like, to, like, I went your, your off sites, like, and I was like, lads, I'm trying really so difficult ignorant. not to sound like patriotic fucking Nancy no, in the it's corner. No, it's not. It's not. I was like, but it's like it absolutely for ignorant. Yeah, and there's people on your site that would take that a lot more offensively than no, no Irish person apart from my Auntie Chris. Who loves the Queen? Who is a royalist to the loves end the of her bones, that woman. Um, um, apart from her. Um, no, I will say I'm keeping the box because it might be collected. <coughs> My auntie Chris has tons of stuff I know that yeah. uh, that she definitely Because this is specifically could. made for the site, so I'm keeping that. But like, Keep that solid. And I'm going to eat scones, obviously. Scones but gold, like, you No, I haven't had them yet. I'll tell but you But they're something. giving me are scones, are scones English? Are scones are they were they created in England? Um, I don't believe so. I actually believe Whoever they're... Whoever made them. I believe they're an actual Irish recipe. Are they Scottish? They're, no, so there's there's scones and there's scones and there's different recipes. I'm gonna have to Google because whoever made them, I hope you're getting your penis. A per person made them. It's like per. Oh, it's poor food. It's per like food. Pancakes. Uh, scones origin. Let's see. Be like scones origin. Five years later. Scottish. Scones originate from the Scottish bannock, which is derived from the Gaelic for cake and made using a thin round. Yeah, I knew they were Scottish. Uh, because in Scotland, any shop you're in in Scotland, you just have scones. scones everywhere. I mean, shortbread. Shortbread Scottish, I yeah. I fucking love a bit of love shortbread. Love shortbread. Flavia's obsessed with shortbread. Yeah, no, I get, I get it. Um, but God bless the Scots. You've been doing a bang up job, lads. A bang up job. A bit of scone, a bit of collard cream, a bit of jam. Well, I think collard creams must be inherently English. Pop it in the microwave for two, but British. about 30 seconds. Like a little bit hot. Put the clock. Oh. Well, if you get a fresh one out of the There's oven. There's a reason my arse is the size of it. Yes. Like, 100%. It's the reason my arse can't uh, retain its own yeah, shape like, because I eat a lot of cream constantly. and I can't. Graham got me a tub of Hagen last day and this will tell you how old mm-hmm. I am. I went to him, yeah, I can't eat that because I immediately <laughs> have to fart and shit myself. I, my mum Within got... two spoonfuls, yeah, I'm like, oh, Jesus we Christ. We went to my mum and my sister at the start of the week there and we were driving. Oh, sorry. You're okay. We went through Drumlish and she stopped in a gas station in Drumlish and they're selling ice cream. I got a 99 and when I tell you it was the best 99 I've ever had in my fucking yes. life. I don't know the name of that place in Drumlish but delicious. I ate it and I was in the car and I was like if I don't get out of here <laughs> I'm going to shit myself yeah. in my sister's car. Like immediately the second we got there I was like straight to the toilet. I couldn't. Yeah. But uh, that place in Drumlish if you're ever going through Drumlish There's so many weird there's like, a service station people in People don't understand service stations in like rural like so this isn't particularly rural but Enfield's has a service station right. on the outskirts of it yeah. that sells like ice cream. Best. 
best. That's so good. He said to my mother, this is the best ice cream in, in Longford. And she said, I don't know if I believe you now. She came out and gave it to me and I was like, he was right. <laughs> we should have went back um, and thanked him. Um, why don't we do that on a drive? Go get ice 99. Go, go get Drumlish a 99. Oh my God. And go we can Drumlish. find it. And then we can the uh, confirm. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> 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 it was delicious. That's good. You know, because in, in a wasn't one of these piddly arse Dublin oh, 99s. Oh, was it a fucking 99? fucking massive yoke. See that Ricky's cunt that comes to my road? I am a fit. I got a 99 in town one day when I was drunk and I think I paid two euro for it. Or we could go to Teddy's. What we could do, I have an idea. Do they do 99s? Teddy's is very famous okay, for its 99s. Okay, but they do 99s. Okay, yeah, so Teddy's is very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, there. Here, I have an idea. Go on. It's our summers... Summer, summer, MMI, summer on, or MMI on. On, on a drive, <laughs> summer holly. What is happening? And we're going to go to a famous This is the red hot chili peppers of a toilet. We're going to go to a famous 99 ice cream place on each episode. Oh my God, I And then it. we're going to do a review of them all. Teddy's is the first one. Teddy's first one we're going to hit. I don't know any of them. Then ones. we're going to go to Drumlish. Oh, I bet Drumlish. you Google it. Tons we'll of places. tons of places. What about, uh, what about Storm that? in a teacup. In what about that place Greystones? in town that's meant to be? I just still don't like Murphy's. I feel I don't get it's grand. Like Murphy's ice cream, they don't do you know what I like? Lines. I'm not into. Fi- I like a fiddly ice cream. I like a mix with a mix. I like a fiddly ice cream. I do often, but give me a vanilla ice cream. Well, see, and no, I, I must say I really like fucker. a butterscotch vanilla or a butterscotch thing from Murphy's. Oh, when you're in Edinburgh, yeah. there's a place called Mary's Milk Bar. Okay, go there. Okay. Amazing. Absolutely um, incredible. And she does really weird concoctions and flavours that you don't think are going to work. And they do. But they do. Because they do that brown bread ice cream in Murphy's and I really like it but the texture that leaves in the back of my throat I don't like. That's something with Murphy's ice cream mm. and me. I feel like well I cough when I eat cold things anyway. You do. But like I feel like there's something in my throat after yeah. I eat it and I don't get that whereas the ice cream in Drumlish. <laughs> I don't so man. I've got Drumlish Enfield. Now Enfield's not famous for her but I say it's as good so mm. we're going. Uh, Teddy. We should go to White's and Legan. Storm in a teacup. White's and Legan do make a fucking White's fantastic. White's and Legan, and I'm telling you, there's none of this. And then if Rebecca's listening, give us one close to you, and <coughs> we'll go down to you, and we'll have ice cream, yes. and come to your house and eat food because we need to go to a toilet very close. Very close. Then we need to map out where there are. There you toilets. go. That's what we're doing for the next six I drives. Love it. Just farting and shiting. Yeah, yeah. We need to bring a fucking emergency I'm be bag of white. Just FYI, and you know those farts that uh, they're warm and they you can like that immediate stench hits your face. Yes. Uh, I, I had, call and cut this out but I did a shit today when I tell you I thought it was giving birth <laughs> Sarah I was like <laughs> Colin needs that in on the toilet she's like making noises and then when it came out they went <laughs> yeah, I am clearly not eating properly because that Dr. Was, Oz sh- yeah remember that Dr. Oz thing I told yeah. you about that where he's like if your poo makes a sound when it hits the I don't know he's an English accent yeah. uh, you have to go to the doctor and then millions of people were like yeah and then Oprah had to come out and be like we're sorry you see he he's running for yes I did Pennsylvania and people are like Oprah Say something. I'm like, Oprah doesn't care. Oprah's too busy. Whatever rich people do. Having Sucking Stedman's dick. Pro- I don't even know if she's doing that. Like oh, 100%. Hu- hunting humans or whatever rich or people she, do. He's hooking, hooking, sucking her dick. Probably. One of hooking the two. And sucking. Imagine being, imagine be having Oprah money. I'm not going down this road, but like Oprah money. Oprah money. How much money has she got? Like billionaire? billions? Billions. She's a billionaire. But like, there's like, here's the thing, and I always say this to disparity. So there's Oprah Winfrey, who is obviously a pioneer. A journalist, incredible, has done amazing things that has that much money. And then there's Jerry Seinfeld. I know. Has anyone around the same amount of money as her? Jerry, no, and I think Jerry Seinfeld has less. Has he less? And it has one television show. But Jerry Seinfeld and just then did nothing. nothing. And like, it just goes to show the disparity between like what white, average mediocre white men, men. can reach to and yeah. what black women have to fight for. 
And I'm like, Jerry Seinfeld has about as much money as Oprah Winfrey. I love him. Whenever, you know that cars and coffee show that Jerry Seinfeld oh, yeah, used to do? Oh, yeah, and cars, yeah. Where people just, uh, fucking just get into a dick. car with him, yeah. Um, but, um, I love that he, like, talks about his, uh, his career as if he's, like, an artist. Yeah, he's not. Like his in, they, com, white male comedians they talk about stand up and comedy as if it's They're like a truest, purest art form. And it's like, no, it's not. And they all worship Jerry Seinfeld. Like, yeah, worship. That, that documentary he made called Comedian, you know, that thing he made years ago. Like, whenever I listen to Mark Maron or whatever it is, because Mark Maron is like a comedy purist, whenever I listen to him and he has comedians on, he's like, Who are your people? Like, who are the guys? And they're like, Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Like, yeah. immediately. And I'm like, This man is telling airline jokes. Yeah. Why? Because he's rich. Um, yeah, and like, and Jerry Seinfeld stand up to me was always the worst thing about Seinfeld. And um, it was never, like, I always remember it because like, Graham's re watching Seinfeld at present. And don't get me wrong, there's tons of great episodes of Seinfeld, but like, it wasn't just Jerry. Like, Larry Oh David. my God. Like, Jerry was the least appealing thing about yeah, Seinfeld. Like, like, the least George Costanza. L- Elaine Bannis well, is George like Costanza one of the greatest female characters in the world. Every time. episode, I mean, every episode. It's one episode where, and it's the most subtle thing that happens in it. Uh, he's walking out of a diner and Jerry's walking into the diner yeah. and Jerry's like well, come on we go back in and he goes they're standing right outside it and he's like well, I'm not going back in and Jerry's like what and he's like I'm not going back in people saw me come out Oh yeah. and he's like no no and there's kind of a woman looking out the window and she's <laughs> looking at him and he's like she knows and I just looked at Graham and I was like you that is you yeah that Graham would do and Graham that. was like yeah no I won't walk back in if yeah. I walked back if I was just after walking out and answer me this yeah because I actually saw a TikTok last week or the week before this girl talking about uh, when she was in New York well she lives in New York and she's like when you're a New Yorker you never let anybody know that you're lost because if you're like an OG New Yorker people are like how the fuck are you it's four blocks up and three blocks down you stupid motherfucker but she's like um you know you never let people know she was like so sometimes I do this thing if I get a bit lost she's like I'll pretend I'm answering my phone and I'm like what where are you oh my god I just walked up that way and then she'll like hang up phone and then walk the other way I have done that have you? yes I have what? I have done that when she said that I was like and loads of people in the comments were like oh my god I've done this I thought I was the only person that did this I was like I have done that where I've been like lost somewhere and it's so visibly obvious that I am lost and I'm so embarrassed about it so I'll be like where are you? and I usually call him call him for fuck's sake (laughs) Never got a video on the phone. And then I like walk down after checking my Google Maps. I've done that. I've never done that. Yeah. I get lost and I I like quite often at work will come out of a room and go (laughs) And then I'd be like, "Eh." and people would be with me and I'd be like, I don't know where we're going or what we're doing. We were in the hotel and I kept going that way. Oh, and you were in a hotel? I was telling my sister that and she was saying to me, Emma, when I was the last time I was in a hotel with Barry, she was like, every single time I walked out, he was like, where are you going? Yeah. She just went that way. I don't know what it is with you, McCormick. We have... When I tell you zero sense of direction? I'll be like, every morning, uh, to the right. I'll be like, I know where I'm going. I'll be like, off down to the left I oh, go. Here I go. Dead end. Down, down the way I go. Um, and as you get out the fire exit, are you? I, I get lost quite a bit. Um, I don't get lost, but sometimes I walk out of a room and maybe forget what I've got. Like, quite often in work, I walk out of a room and I'll get to somewhere and then I'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then I'll go, <laughs> and everybody be like, what? And I'll be like, sometimes I do it so often in a day that I ring whoever's in the room that I was in and say, will you bring this thing out to me? Yeah, no, I would understand that. Um... That's normal. But Especially I don't I think tend to... When I get in my period, I, also, I, get I don't tend to, like... I don't know if it's a bad thing. What? But I don't 
really get embarrassed. No, you don't get that thing. You don't have that thing where I'm like, you're like, I don't care. I know this thing where I'm like, everybody at some point has done this. Has done right? this, yeah. Like, and that's what I say in my head when I'm yeah. about to get embarrassed. I've done, I've done that. Stop. Like I've fallen. I've gone into a room in work. This is a true story where I was about to like have a really severe disciplinary meeting with an yeah. individual. I mean, like an intense disciplinary yeah, yeah, meeting. Yeah. And I started it before I sat down, and then when I sat down, the chair went from under me, and I fell on the floor. No, Sarah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did you do? I just got back up and continued. Like I was like, uh, I just got back up and got like continued on with it, and then I would have been like, "It's grand." <laughs> I'll mean, see you later. The meeting finished, and Harjeev was like, "You okay?" And I was like, "Harjeev, my arse is killing me." <laughs> like he was like, "You went down like a ton of bricks." Fuck, like, Sarah. Yeah, and I just was like, uh, "We're gonna move it on pasta." I used to get embarrassed a lot easier than I do now. Like a lot when I was younger, I used to get embarrassed very, very easily. I remember like there's things that I was embarrassed of as a kid that I definitely, like as a teenager in particular, that I definitely just would not be embarrassed of now. One of the big things because I was a bigger person, because I was like overweight or like, I actually wasn't. I was fucking beautiful. But I was like, thought I was. I wouldn't eat in front of people. Yeah, you told me that before. I wouldn't eat on, like if I was coming home from school and I was hungry, I wouldn't eat on the bus. I wouldn't eat so walking wouldn't through eat, like, a bag of crisps or no, a God, no. Like, an apple if I got chipper, I would like, like, I, and I would quite often not get chipper people, because I don't want people to. I didn't want people to like look at me and be like, "Look at that fat, messy and chipper." Oh no, sorry. Um, and when I started dating, oh my God, I would never you told eat in front me this, of boys. Yeah, never. There's a there's a scene. If you ever, if you grew up fat, uh, I'm sure everybody who has has seen my Mad Fat Diary. Have you watched my Mad Fat Diary? Mm-mm. So there's a scene in my Mad Fat Diary where she's talking about uh, eating. And she said, if I eat a salad, I know people are looking at me going, who is she kidding herself eating that salad? And if I eat a bag of chips, they're going, look at that fat bitch eating a bag of chips. She's like, you can't win. And it's the same thing now with with over uh, plus size, wherever you define yourself, going to the gym. So you want these women to be skinny, but you don't want them to be in your gym working out in order to lose weight. Yeah. You want them to stay in their home and come out of a cocoon in a year so you can um, objectify them. Mm-hmm. Like that's constant. I just, it's so bizarre. Yeah. The way uh, people's minds work. But yeah, that's that's it like that. If you ever get, watch my mouth at diary, oh God, it's so good. Um, I try to stay away from things that like remind me of being sad. That's good. About being fat. I just trigger the fuck out of myself. So I'm I like, know I'll watch do. this and I was like, <laughs> like, like it's, but it's really, I'm, it's really well I'm written. I'm pretty good at it. No, I'm, I know it is. And everybody in it is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, no, a, but you're better off if that's, if that's But like, I try like, my best not to think things. about like, don't watch it though. Um, or not to think, but like, but not to watch things that I think are going to make me think about like when I was younger and like sad about being no, a don't, fat person. Don't watch that then. Which Definitely. I want, like when I look back, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you were not fat. Like, it's insane when you look but, back. But um, yeah, that that like when I was they were the things I would get embarrassed about. But I would never ever get embarrassed about like falling over. Yeah. Or like yeah, like they just weren't things I got embarrassed about. I can't be embarrassed about falling over because it's part of my yeah, it's part uh, of my everyday it's life. Part of my daily routine. I do remember being at a New Year's Eve party and a boy coming into our room that I was in and like talking to me and the room was like full of people and whatever happened I turned around and there was a dog and I fell flat over the top as I was falling I pulled like the entire TV no <laughs> Sarah did you just laugh I just laughed like this and then I just got up and was like I, and then I was like do you want to help me pick this shit up 
Yeah, that's the thing. I think if you kind of just, it's easy in hindsight, like, but if you just laugh it off, like, that's. Yeah, I grew up in a a house where, like, my dad would get, like, really annoyed if anything remotely embarrassing happened to him. You told me that before. He gets really, like, taken So insecure, like, that people are taking the piss out of him. And you're like, you just fucking fell off a scooter. (laughs) Like, of course it's hilarious. The piss out of you. Like, um, yeah. And my mom would get, like, my mom would do this thing where she'd, like, immediately be, like, so incredibly injured. And you'd be like, no, you're not. Oh really? Yeah, oh my God, my mom be like, oh, 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 oh my God! I'd be like, but is that because people can't laugh at her? Then? Yeah, yeah, and then okay. you can't laugh, and I'd be like, get the fuck up, you stupid idiot! You <laughs> fall over all the time. You're not hurt. She had a fall. Yeah, no, she used to fall a lot. My empty car is the best of fallen. She falls in slow motion, but she also just lays there, like That's she doesn't the make right any thing noise. To do. <laughs> I often said if I fell to a point where it was too bad, I would just pretend that I fainted. No, there wouldn't even be like. like I actually, I did tell a story on this where I fell walking to college and I over pretended a bin I fainted. Or something? I saw a rat in a bin and it gave me a frog <laughs> and I tripped over my own feet. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, ah, like um, oh. and I just pretended that I'd fainted and then I turned around and got the bus home. Like yeah. I didn't go to college. No, I would definitely. Um, I think if the fall was so bad as to, to tell you, I had a had a had an altercation with a bunch of children on a bus the other day. Excuse me. I've never wanted to physically fight a 15 year old more in my entire what life. Happened? It was to Colin and I, Colin Craig and I went into town. I, sh- I don't care. I've gotten to the age I've realised that I actually don't care. Yeah. We were getting, we got on the bus, we went upstairs. We were upstairs I don't know why he's called Because we just went upstairs because the bottom was like packed. So we just went upstairs and we were sitting up the top, very top upstairs. And we were going into town, I can't remember before. Anyway, and then the bus stopped just before where Gar used to get his bus stop. When I say there was about 30 of them. It's Tommy's shop. Tommy's shop. And I was like, are you, the please Tommy? they're not getting on this bus. You know the way, because you can immediately yeah. know. When is a gang? Yeah, they got on the bus. So I said to Colin, we're going downstairs. So we were waiting for them to get up. And what Colin was wearing a hat. And one of them went to take his hat off. And I went to him, fucking don't, like that. And he was taken aback that I did it. And he was like, Ooh. So I was like, whatever. So we were walking downstairs. And he started shouting at me. I said, shut your fucking mouth, you little scumbag. And Colin and Greg were just like, Emma. I was like, I don't fucking care. He's 15. I'm 38 years of age. So he started saying something. Then he went back up because he didn't say it. He just was, I think he was taken aback that somebody was actually like, like shut, shut the fuck up. up. So they got off. They were getting off anyway. And they started again. And I said, get off the bush, you little fucking scumbag. And he did not know what to say to me. I was like, mate, you could say so much to me. I have yellow hair. What was he doing? Nothing. He was just like... Like he didn't know what to say to me. And I was like, you're a big man now. Like, I was like, just say something to me. And then they were like, man, I was like, get the fuck off the bus. You fucking abortions. <laughs> they got off the bus and they left. And then Colin was like, I knew by Colin, Colin was just like, Emma. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I'm so sick of seeing these little cunts getting on buses, harassing people. You're not going to fucking people, harass yeah. me and you're not going to harass my two obviously gay friends. Yeah. Because that's what they were going for. Like, Colin and Craig are a target. And I was like, nope. I honestly wanted to put his I'm head through the window. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, but then you sound like me. There was a lady sitting across from me, baby, and I knew she was disgusted. And I was like, "Give a fuck." Which means she was disgusted. She was just like, "I was like, I don't give a fuck." Yeah, there should have been more abortion in this country. Then we wouldn't have these little cunts running yeah. around the place. But anyway, yeah. So that was my altercation with a bunch of teenagers. Well done on a bus. Well done. Very proud of myself. Thirty-eight, my big age, thirty-eight years of age, verbally assaulting change. But I was just like, why won't he say anything to me? I sometimes when you show things, I was really them, taken aback. Like sometimes I when I do, if, like, um, he did, he just didn't know what to say to me. Yeah, sometimes when I like, there was one a little while ago we were driving down me and Graham, and there was one at the swimming pool. I don't know if Graham was with me. I think then he might be with me. And they were like doing something at the swimming pool, and they were trying to like get the car to stop. Your so, car? Yeah. So I just stopped the car, and then they were all like, "Oh Jesus!" Because yeah, I stopped I think the car a little bit, and I was like, "What the fuck he's doing?" Yeah. They were like, "Oh," and I was like, "Get the fuck off the road." 
or the next time I won't be going so slow and I will fucking hit you. But also I think it's now I've realised it's because I'm older now and I think they see us as adults. Like we're not like, you know, 19, 20. Mm. They see that as like, oh, that's a grown up. Yeah. Yelling at me on a 79A. Yeah. But yeah, he didn't, he just didn't say anything to me and I, the whole time I was like, you could say so much to me right now. I have yellow hair. Yeah. yellow hair sir you sir. could have been like who pissed in your hair this morning you could have said anything oh that's too smart but he just was just like he was not going to say then anything and then they couldn't smart. say anything so they were just, they, as they were getting off the bus they just went whoa, 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 like making noises with their mouth and I was like you're say something like, be just, better be better than this I was shocked because usually when you start with those little fuckers they're like vicious mm. but I think he was just because when I, when I was walking downstairs and I said shut your mouth you little fucking scumbag he just was like he didn't know what to say to me because you are a scumbag and you're I mad know, I was in, actually do you know what I was in the park today with Lily that's what it was and there was a guy a fucking idiot a moron a moron a literal like the best part of him ran down yeah. his legs yeah. and I said it and I'm not taking and it back and you're right and his dad was sitting at the bottom of the playground on his phone uh, drinking a coffee paying no attention and was also Shocker. a dirty scumbag and his uh, preteen child was going so we have a skate park at the end of Ballyferma and it's like a bike park and a skate park and beside it it's a playground yeah. but you have to enter like both spaces yeah, together yeah, yeah. and he was cycling like a fucking lunatic up and down and then he went out into the main road the, into the wrong way of traffic and then oh, went up shit. and then was doing wheelies and then was like as if like knock me over and then as he came back into the playground he like it really hadn't have been if I hadn't have been with her he could have like easily hit her hit and he could have hit anybody Yeah, and like I don't think people realise but like that could kill somebody. Oh my God, absolutely. Especially a kid. Yeah. And um, so I was like, I can't remember what I said, but I was like, you fucking dirty little fucking idiot. <laughs> idiot or something. I was like, you stupid little cunt, I think is what I called yeah, them. I would too. And Lenny was like, and I was like, no, I was like, that's fucking idiot. Like, that's an idiot. That's a moron. That's a kid that's going to grow up into a fucking scumbag that's going to end up in prison and he may as well just get fucking ahead of it and get yeah. hit by a car now. But like what? The worst part about it is, is what the fuck was his dad doing? But his, yeah, his dad just sat there and let me say everything as I was walking out because I was in no mood as well. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when you get one of those And moves, then there yeah. was these two little girls, these two young ones sitting on the thing and I can't remember his name but they were like, Yuppa, Jono! And I was like, and Nancy used two better to go fucking somewhere else. What? Are, why are you sitting on a bench in a children's playground? Yeah. Fuck off. And they just looked at me and I was like, honestly. I was like, yeah. does anybody around here have any sense? And I just went to Lily. Lily, you ever end up like that? You won't be coming home you know to my house. Hilarious? She's more sense than the whole fucking yeah. lot. I have gotten to that age now everyone realised where I'm just... I'm not... I'm never... I'm an angry old No, woman. but I'm never rude to anybody oh, yeah. unnecessarily. I'm never like... I'm not a fucking Karen. I'm not like... I, people live their lives ever. But if you say anything to me or my friends, I'm not going to fucking stand yeah. there and go, that's perfectly acceptable that you're insulting me and my friends. I'll rip your fucking tiny dick off, like. This is a good segue into our story. Oh, okay. Because the story is about... Ripping dicks off. Well, it's about, like, a bunch of idiots oh, that, like... They're would, the best stories. ...would have demonstrated very clear, similar attitudes as a youth. Oh, I love it. Oh, also, we have to talk, apparently we have to talk about New York. We had a very good time. Oh, who said we have to talk Colin about New York? Colin said, everybody wants to Tell talk about Colin. New York. We already talked... I know we talked about Instagram, but we had a, we uh, had a wonderful time. We had time. a wonderful time. If you haven't watched... Uh, is it on the Patreon time. or is it on YouTube? It's on Patreon, but it's a YouTube link on Patreon. Oh, okay. So if you, if you can and you are on Patreon, there is a video of me and Emma just talking shit. Uh, for I don't know 15 minutes I did watch it and then about 12 minutes in was like we're insufferable insufferable um, um, and then um, the fucking hilarious Hulk Hogan playing the guitar is my it's the best part bit. of the whole thing um, we had an amazing time we did. We had a but honestly time. anybody that I've spoken to is like what did you do and my only response is we just got drunk just got drunk at a food <laughs> 
which is the theme of all of our holidays. Yeah, because because I think I think about it, it because we've been to New York. So we've many been to times, New York a ridiculous like, amount of times. We um, we stayed in everything. a wonderful place. We stayed in a uh, Freeman Alley. It was lovely. Yeah, Tree Freeman Alley. Untitled, untitled, Free 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 and they were lovely. It was a, it was a hipster joint. It was a hipster but joint, it but lovely. it was super nice. It was, it was really super cool. clean. It was really peaceful. It was well kept. And even though it was a hipster joint, and we've stayed in hipster joints before, they had tons of really great ideas. They about did. Those hipster yeah, joints. Yeah, so they're like yeah, yeah. an area, and they're like on every floor that had a water point, an extra towels, a microwave, uh, a, a kettle, kettle yeah. which was in our room for the full time we were there. Sorry um, to anybody that was wasn't communal. Um, and we had like fresh uh, towels where you could just go. So like there was good things where it was. Like, bad things, yeah. Uh, like, we'll tell the poo story, shall we? Did we ever tell the poo story? No, should we have from We told it on Instagram. Oh, okay. You tell the poo story. I told the poo. Did I tell you about telling the poo story in work because someone blocked the toilet somewhere? You did, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, so... Sorry to the man that had to fish Sarah's giant shite out of that toilet that we blocked it. Yeah, but I don't know if it was my giant shite or all the tissue. It was probably all the tissue, but you were, you were the floater. So that was my problem. I was like, that man had to take that out of that toilet. Like, I don't know. It was just like... There was... Oh, yeah, no, it was bad. Um, but we if ha- you do want to hear that story, believe- did you save it to Instagram? Yeah, it's on Instagram. Yeah, it's on Instagram. Um, um, but we, we did. We had a great time. It was we had lovely. a great time. Um, um, it was- everybody in New York smokes weed. Uh, we I did not realise how... Because we haven't been there since it was legalised. No, that's true. Um, so the entire city was high... Which fair play to them, um, but we had a lovely time and we ate lots. And crackheads like shouting at us, which I enjoy. I do not enjoy. Had, it. Um, I them. Well, there was a couple of them. Is but there was a term? Can we say that? Fuck off! I, I don't one. know. I don't know anything anymore. The kids they get mad about heads. kids get mad about everything. The drug addicts on the corner that yes. only smoke crack. There you go. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> yeah. Like okay, they like um, crack cocaine. Yeah, fair play to them. If they're a drug of choice and they know what they like and they um, want. But yeah, they are. Um, they they shout like really. Shall we say creative things? I get really shut that fuck up. Yeah, there was someone asked that man who shouted Telly Chopies one is my favourite. Um but yeah, no, we had like a fantastic we time. Did. We had a lot. We drank, I drank a lot. We ate a lot. I mean I bought a handbag. Sarah bought a handbag. We got fucking Vivian Westwood can suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah, I said I'm not taking it back. Fuck them. Fuck Vivian Westwood. Um, fuck no, yeah, fuck Vivian Westwood in New York. You're and then we went to Mark Jacobs and they were so fucking. Mark nice. Jacobs were wonderful and Balenciaga were lovely as well. And Balenciaga and Balenciaga were fucking honest. I they went were to Balenciaga like, yeah. and I was like, oh, I think these might be cheaper with the like in Europe. In, in, in Europe, yeah. And the guy was like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, they were. He was lovely. like, don't buy it here. And the Mark Jacobs people were so fucking nice. And the Mark Jacobs people sent me a lovely yeah. email. Vivian Westwood, mm, like fuck. The thing that bothers me most with the Vivian Westwood thing, and like I fucking get it that you want to protect your store and all the rest, and that's totally fine. fine. But like we were there to spend money. I was literally between the two of yeah. us, we were about to spend over a thousand dollars. And then they were so fucking shitty that we were like, "See you, bye, have a nice life." I was gonna fucking set. The, I was like, "I'll come back." Set and it on fire. But yeah, um, apart from that, we had a great. You never take me alive, couple. We had a lovely time. Um, it's all on Instagram anyway. It's all on Instagram. Emma's drunk for a lot. My favorite moment of the entire Emma's holiday was for, like, the, the Gramercy Tavern one. I got no. the keys to Gramercy <laughs> Park. Uh, that burger was fucking beautiful. Um, someone messaged us on Twitter to be like, yeah, you're right. That Like from the hotel, from the restaurant, I think. They were oh, like, boy. oh, here's the recipe. Here's what we put it in. And yeah, they were like, so yeah, you're right. Good. It's damn good. And they were like, don't worry about being drunk. Drunk people come in all the time. That's all right then. Fair enough. Except for those duck, duck chips. We were, were driving potato. to that place and Emma was like practicing how to say her name. I was just like, Emma, I, I can not even say. We have, a res- we have a reservation for Emma Marie McCormick. <laughs> and I was like, just drop the Marie. Like, Sarah said it then. It was okay. I was like, it's cool. I'll go on and say it. And then you were like at the window and you were like, that woman is beautiful. And I was 
Leitner. Like, shut up! <laughs> I apologize for my behavior in New York. Anybody that saw me, I'm very, very sorry. Uh, my I dad, remember... even my dad, I came home, my dad was like, so you, are you just hung over now? And I was like, what? And he was like, you and I were just drunk. Yeah. So my dad rang us at one point. I slightly remember that. You were just drunk in the background. You were like, hey! <laughs> was Lily there? I think Graham and my dad. And oh. I think we were talking about the Vivian Westwood thing. Oh yeah, I've heard, I, I, and my mum was like, "Big mistake, huge mistake, huge." Um, I have. Do I have housekeeping? Housekeeping. Yeah. Um, so Colin has created a YouTube channel for us. Is it only on the Patreon? But no, no, you can just go on the oh, YouTube so channel. Share one. Mm-hmm. So just, I don't know what the YouTube channel is called because I didn't ask, but I'm sure it's just Murder Most Irish. I have a look. So if you pop it. that into YouTube, we've turned off the comments because. Uh, incels like to search for feminist things so it's on it's uh, Murder Most Irish I presume YouTube um, so this week on the Patreon we're doing an AMA which is the Ask Me Ask thing um, if anybody wants to listen to that and, and I also just oh, and there's Craig's World and Steve's 10 second movie review and I also just wanted to say thank you very very much to everybody who has signed up for Patreon because yeah thank you all thank so, you much. so much like you know I, don't, please don't think we ever take it for granted because sometimes I go on it and I'm like I cannot believe this many people are paying to listen to us. Like, it's shocking. And we really do appreciate it. So thank you very, very much. Um, and what else? Oh, I also wanted to say thank you so much to a gentleman named Colin, who drew us as The <gasps> Simpsons. I love that. I am obsessed with. Colin, the and details in that? The details. Lily Pops, I didn't realise that Flavio? Flavio was in it. Graham. Graham uh, I didn't realise Flavio was in it until I was like, what's that in the picture? And then I saw the Brazilian flag and I was like, holy in Edinburgh. shit. He's in Edinburgh, Edinburgh in the photo. Yeah, with a Brazilian flag. So Colin, thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it. I think we should get that printed. Uh, it's so he good. He sent us a lovely email saying that he'd been listening and he was waiting to see more pictures of me before he drew because he didn't know what I looked Aww. like. So I think after I put up all those videos uh, during New York, he knew what I looked like. But um, yeah, Colin, thank you very much. It's so amazing. Like, that's so cool to me. I was like, <gasps> when I opened it. That was. I lost my mind. So. I lost my mind too. Actually, I should say thank you to that lady that sent that beautiful email that made me cry in yes, Jack's, uh, uh, Frida's wife. Jack. I told Sarah to reply, but Sarah's a nightmare and won't reply to emails. So let me just get her name. Uh, Sarah had a little tear. I can't spell. You can't spell. She's <laughs> fuck up. Uh, where is she? I don't have to speak. I can't talk. Ed, I, I don't... What's her first name? I'll say Emma K. Emma K. Yeah, no, honestly, uh, Emma K. Like, when I say... Emma was like, I shouldn't have told you. Yeah, because I read it and then I read it when I was drunk. And I was like, right, I'm not showing this to her now because the two of us will just cry constantly. Yeah. So then I, we went for breakfast in Jack's Wise Frida, which which I love. That place love. is so good. I bought a dress from that caravan <gasps> clothing place. That place, if you are in New York, there's a couple, I think there's just three of them in different areas, but Jack, Jack's Wife Frida. The, the one in Soho is the biggest one yeah, and the newest one. And it's fucking beautiful. Food is gorgeous. Anyway, and the staff are beautiful. Gorgeous people. We made friends with the staff. They yeah. were lovely. They were like, is it back again? Yeah, we kept coming we back. Like, and yeah, then, like, it's they 175 me... euros for. <laughs> Yay! We spent 175 euro on breakfast one morning. Yeah. Who do we think we are? I don't know. I had I oh, came okay. home and Graham was like talking to me about money and I was like, I don't want to talk to me about money. Like, like, we went to that place. He said to me, you got twice. paid before you went. I like, said, we, yes, I, I we went for breakfast all. in uh, Lafayette as well. Lafayette that, was like nearly 180 or something. And, then and we I went was, to the whole time that was happening, I was like, 
if I did this in Dublin, I'd have a heart attack. Yeah. Someone handed me this receipt like, in Dublin. We were like, so for the Lafayette place, I like, so every time we went somewhere, because I kept that, when I came home, you would get alcohol, but to like compensate for the fact that you were getting alcohol, I think I was like, well, I'm getting everything on the yeah, menu. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like you would get alcohol and then I would get like three things that I wanted yeah, to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even in like Jack Wife's Freedom, we got like, we, we got like mimosas. We did get a lot then of Then we got beautiful breakfast, but then I got like a hot chocolate and then we got a oh. fucking cake. Oh, we got cake. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Still $170. Um, but go there if you can. It's fucking beautiful. And that's Sarah says the staff are absolutely lovely. Um, and they yeah. seem to all be really happy working for they her. They do. They seem really cool. Lovely. Like everybody seems super chill. I know I harassed a very handsome, uh, well-dressed gay man. Yeah, he was lovely. He was lovely. I apologize for that man. He's not listening to this. But anyway. Um, but yeah, we had a lovely time. We got I got very drunk. And then when I, I mean, came no home, money I left. felt like I, my body like was even just when like, you were like, I'm going ugh. to Kaboo. I was like, hell. I dead. How? Dead. How I was dead. Like I was just dead. Oh, in work, like I couldn't even go to vending machine. I don't want to get. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I just. You don't realize how much, how easy it is to spend money in that city. I think it's when we're like, together. When we it's went not, to get, it's like we don't no, like no, we're not true. rational people. No, Emma. we just lose our minds. Like, and when we no, go to play, like we're not rational people when we're here. Like when we went to that MoMA shop, I was drunk. And I bought those bookends. When I got home, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? And then tried to get, put them in a soup. When we were going to the airport and people were on, like had a vested interest on Twitter about these bookends getting through the airport. <laughs> the bookends got the, <laughs> the lovely girl, the lovely TSA agent. She was like, stopped. you got bananas. She was like, why do you have these? And I was like, I stayed really bookends. far away. I just sat in the seat. Yeah, so I was like, I was if, like they, if these could take an offer, like no, they're going I knew, to I knew they wouldn't. But she was like, what are they for? And I was like, they're bookends. And she's like, why? And I was like, I was drunk in the moment shop. <laughs> Sarah was going to buy like fucking three skateboards that would have came to like $800. Yeah, but I would have got them in my suitcase. I know. This thing was... They would have fit in the back Like my it. arms after... But like in saying that, my suitcase is over. You were saying, yeah, mine wasn't. I bought, like, but my suitcase would have been over if I didn't bring that second suitcase. Yeah, I bought one kilo's worth of M&M's. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's why I kept saying to you, I was like, you're buying sweets and they're a kilogram a bag. I bought a kilogram of M&M's. How many of them left? Yeah, the entire bag. We Because I brought home so much shit. Yeah. Like, th- we have, like, literally, you know, when you bring home so much shit that you're just like, I don't really want to anymore. I don't, yeah. yeah um, yeah. so Lily has still, like, her thing of, like, Sour Patch dot kid babies. I don't yeah. know what they're called. Uh, which are actually really nice. And every oh, night before bed, nice. even though my teeth need, like, I, yeah, I take one of each flavor. Oh, and as I walk up the stairs, I eat them. And now it's become, like, a little routine. How are you? How's your mouth after? They're not sore, but okay, I need right. to get this, uh, tooth, like, this tooth is, like, fucking hope. Oh, the wibbly one? Wibbly yeah, wobbly wibbly one? isn't even the word. One of my front bottom teeth has moved and it's freaking me the fuck out and it's I don't normal. know why it has, has it's moved are your wisdom teeth just, still in? yeah maybe it's that's that. why but I'm just the other day I noticed it because like my tongue when I press my tongue down I'm like what's that and I keep thinking it's loose it's not but I've convinced myself in my brain my tongue it's just your wisdom anyway, teeth moved uh, issues anyway we went to America we had a great time everybody we was to, great like, we and time. the everybody next was holiday like, we go on together we're thinking depending on what happens with like monkey pox that's fun. Uh, we're going to go to Japan. We're going to, well, if they let us in. If they let us in. They're not so letting anyone in. They're not letting anybody in at present, but that's, but when we go there, it actually will be like one of those things where we go to places rather than us <laughs> just walking around eating food and getting drunk. Um, yeah, because it'll be our first time there. So yeah, like, we have to like, go do the culture Before this, when we would go to New York, because we hadn't been there like seven times, uh, we would actually have... Just, I think we just have a... Re- Here's the thing. I don't know if this sounds arrogant. Say it. I'll just say people like us in New York yeah they do 
And I don't know what that's about. It's because people think we're New Yorkers. But like, they were really nice to us. Like, I got free alcohol three times. Yeah. I got free, th- free drinks from the people working there. They were all lovely. Like, people are love. Like, on the streets, people are like nice to us. Yeah. Do you know? So it's that kind of vibe when you go there. I think it's just like, people are fucking sound. No one stares at us. Well, they stare at us. They do, but not in a bad way. Well, it's and they'll just come up and say, like we we went to a shop called Min and Mon. If you ever, it's M I N and M O N. Uh, oh, and they're an ethically it's gorgeous. Their stuff is sourced. Ethically, ethically sourced, sourced. Uh, accessory shop. Their stuff is fabulous. But we we were we went in and these two girls followed us in. Yeah. To tell us that they thought we looked lovely. Yeah. Just followed us into the shop. And then we went to that. So our heads are like salon <laughs> place. We went to the salon provider's place. Oh, yeah, and she thought we were. She's hairdressers. No, I think I could actually have a career in New York. Yeah, I think you could. Because um, yeah. even when we went to, through TSA, they were a lot. And TSA are generally not very nice. They were so nice to yeah, us. But they all had side hustles. Yeah, because like one girl was like talking about her hair. Then we got to the other place and the guy was like, he was so like, nice. I'm a, I'm a hair- like, I was a hairdresser. And we were like, no. And he was like, I'm a stylist. I'm a stylist. On the side. And then. And I mean, that guy that we walked out of a hotel the night before we left and he was like, when we were walking Oh, he was back, like, are you guys hairstylists? He was like, are you guys hairstylists? I'm like, no, why is everybody asking us? But yeah, I think that's what it is. I just think everybody's very nice to us and we get on well in that city and we don't feel. Because there's cities I've been to where I'm like, oh, we're not, we don't belong here. Yeah. But like New York is that kind of place where you feel like, oh, I, like anything honestly, goes. but if I, like, whatever happens in my life, if I could actually. Go like even if there was an opportunity to spend like a year there with Lily and Graham, I would just take go, it. Yeah. Like um, if there was like an opportunity to spend an entire summer in New York. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd one hundred percent take it. Yeah, me too. Um, I love New York, and that's why we go back so yeah, often. Could deal without the humidity. Um, and we could like honestly, my hair. <sighs> you, we were just curling our hair and walking outside, yeah. and it was just flat on our faces. Um, but also it's the first place me and you ever went on holidays. That's true. Oh my god. It's like our little place that we yeah. go. Place and and we realized, we went and I was like, oh, actually, we could be soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> Travel buddies and soulmates. Um, but yeah, we had a great time for everybody asking. Uh, I've answered, I was replying to people on Instagram and I was drunk. I apologize. Don't know what I'm saying. Um, and I have a couple more that I need to reply to. Anyone who wants someone to drink more and go no. live. The go- Remember the lovely guy that sent us an email last year uh, that he was getting married and he wanted us to do? Yeah. He sent me a lovely message. He's on his honeymoon with his wife and he just wanted Aww. to say thank you very much for what we sent that's nice so we hope you're having a lovely honeymoon and you're really enjoying yourselves and you're having a great time oh that's nice but that's everything I don't have anything else okay do you want to do your story let's get into the story story time story time story time can I see what's number yeah of course you can you're drinking Carriglem water where'd you get that now for free hey Colin tell us about the Patreon sure thing Lily Pops Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more 
Or how about MMI Drive, the fan favorite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euro. Here we go. Let's do the story. It's story time. Oh, I just want to say one thing. It was my nephew's communion this weekend and I just wanted to say I hope he had a lovely day. What's this? Yeah. They're only allowed like four people in the church. Still. How was it his communion mm-hmm. already? His communion, yeah. So a happy communion for him. I love you. Um, but yeah, it's his communion. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. This week I'm telling the story of the Kinahans. Oh! <laughs> Strap in, lads! <laughs> The Regency Murder. So I called this one. It's very long. The Regency Murder and the Downfall of Ireland's Most Powerful Drug Cartel. Holy shit. They haven't really. We're getting shot. Well, here's what I have as my references Michaela Heffernan is my first (laughs) reference. (laughs) Michaela told me. Vice News, Max Daly is the journalist, Wikipedia, The Sun newspaper, The Guardian, Henry MacDonald is the. Uh, journalist. The video footage of shooting is by of the shooting, which we will put up, is by Claire Mahan, and uh, the book uh, Nicholas Hallen's Clash of the Clans. Go, Christy Senior, Christy Kinahan Senior, is known as the Dapper Don because of his taste in clothes. He grew up in a relatively comfortable family in Dublin. It's really odd, which is a very strange upbringing for somebody that. So he's really out of place. So Christy Kinahan is your like the father of OG. the two Kinahans, and he's the one that starts this entire yeah. thing. He's born in Dublin and he's born in Cabra. And he comes from, you know, those red brick Georgian yep. houses in Cabra? Uh-huh. He, he, they owned a B&B. Like his mother ran a oh, B&B so out of like their house. they really normal people. And his dad was a taxi man. So like super normal people. Yeah. Now on his passport, he says he's from Teresa Gardens, which is where the Kinahan's moment was from. So, so he doesn't, men- so where doesn't his, mention Cabra. It's where his like uh, children's mother was born. Oh, okay. And lived. Okay. And where they had a house together. Well, like flat in Teresa Gardens but it was her flat okay but like his family are like super middle class yeah I was just about to say and he's quite like well spoken yeah and they call him Dapper Don that's what he's that, that's what I knew him as when I was growing yeah. up and it's because he dresses really well so he's from Saint. he says he's from St. Teresa's Gardens but he's actually not he's from Cabra um, St. Teresa's Gardens is like a social housing scheme in Dublin really famous one it's closed down now um, oh it's gone it's turned into like it's been like refurbished. Oh, it's been regenerated. Okay. Um, he was a champion kickbo- kickboxer, but he got like very early on in life. He became like involved in like fraud and stolen goods and like petty crimes, and he racked up like a serious like crime sheet. Like like just was arrested constantly. Whenever I think about him, I always think of his parents because I'm sure his parents were like, uh, "What the fuck's happening?" He was the only boy as well. And he was like the youngest of his sisters. So they were like, uh, listen, lad, what the fuck? Yeah, like, and all of his sister, all of his family are like really standard middle class. It's so weird. Isn't it? It's really odd. Because this is not usually how a gangland criminal Well, I'm starts. just going to say it because stereotypes are stereotypes, but like he's not a tracksuit wearer. That's it, yeah. It's easy because that's and, usually like, the visual that you in see. the world of like, when you see him, he looks like a businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was a champion kickboxer. He's involved in 
fraud and stolen goods and he moved into heroin trafficking after one of Dublin's main suppliers was arrested and he quickly started to turn, turn like healthy profits. So like he was kind of involved in like criminality and then one of the biggest suppliers of heroin in Dublin got like arrested and he saw this like open in the market. Yeah. So he moved in from like dealer almost to like supplier. So he wanted to go wholesale and he knew that's where the money was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he followed it. Um, he quickly began turning profits and he earned himself leverage over the former Republican par- paramilitaries. So he's really fast in terms of like and smart is he started to work really like with the uh, real IRA or the IRA, provisional, provisional IRA, IRA yeah. um, because he was like essentially fund things for them so he would he like kept them on side so whatever money he, he made he, doing. he like shared with them he ran like drugs and guns for them even though they're anti-drugs it was all yeah, controlled all by them it, yeah. yeah um and he had fought in the troubles during decades of bitter conflict, mostly in Northern Ireland. Like, he hadn't, but, like, he had supported it, like, yeah. openly. And he had, like, given money to Towards the cause. This, yeah. Christy was a middle-class kid from the suburbs, not the standard working-class criminal. He wore Panama hats and tailored suits. Oh. Um, but he also lies. So, like, and on his passport, he says that his father was, like, a dairy farmer. His father was a, like, taxi, taxi man. man. And he said his mother is, like, um... Like this is on a census form that he fills in. Um, his mother is a like B and B manager, but why, like he says he that she's this? a housewife. I think it may be to like play down his like his upbringing. Maybe, but like dairy farm, even at that dairy farmer is such a like n- normal j- job to have. But yeah. who knows what's going on in this man's head? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure a psychologist would have a field day with him. True. So he's arrested for crimes related to seizure of heroin in Marino <coughs> in the 1980s. He serves as a... So he don't... He, every time he's arrested for drugs, he says that he's a drug addict. Right. He does the same thing here. So he says he's a drug addict and he talks to the judge about being like, I'll get off the drugs. And if you give me like a more lenient sentence, I will like look after my education and I want to get these degrees. And every time he goes to prison, he uses this tact and it absolutely works. So he has like five to six language degrees (laughs) and he's fluent in... And they haven't copped that that's what he's doing. No, he's fluent in, let me see, Spanish and Dutch. Um... Arabic. Wow. Russian. Holy shit. Um, and I think potentially French. Incredible. Um, and he has a degree in science. That's insane. Um, all paid for by the Irish tax uh, oh, yeah. pair and all gotten while he's in prison. Oh, fuck me, man. So he goes to prison for six years and once inside he, re- he refused early release so he could complete his degree. So he was offered early release and he's like, no, I want to complete my degree. His first degree he gets is uh, science and then Spanish and Dutch in that six year sentence. Um, it's but almost he, like he's learning languages of massive cartels around the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's suspected of setting up drug routes into Western Europe for Mexican and Colombian cartels and the Russian mafia. There you go. After being jailed for six years for heroin supply, during which time he built a criminal connections behind bars. So he starts to work really closely with, there's um, a really famous Ballyferma, like, criminal, uh, like, mobster called, I think his name is John Cunningham or David Cunningham. And he's really famous for, you know that, like, gold heist that happened in Dublin and mm-hmm. they got 2.8 million? Yeah. He's one of the people that's arrested for that. Oh, right. But that's not what he's arrested for. He's arrested for kidnapping, uh, 
John McGuinness's, so one of the Guinness family's daughter. Oh God. And holding her hostage for 10 days in about, in a house in the inner city of Dublin. And it like becomes like a heist. He goes to prison for 18 years and he's like next door yeah. neighbours in prison to uh, Kinahan Senior. Jesus, that's crazy. And sorry. so Kinahan Senior spends his time like talking to him because he was really famous for like drug running for John Gilligan and um, arms running for John Gilligan right, and working right. really closely with the provisional IRA. Um, and so he kind of builds his connections and then they have this whole thing where they become like a criminal like family that merges together. Yeah. Um, but this guy knows he's not getting out. Like he's he's trying to figure out a way out of prison, but he's in prison for like seventeen years, whereas this guy's in for six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So he's after being jailed for six years for heroin supply. During which time he builds up criminal connections behind bars. The senior Kinahan then immediately, as soon as he gets out of prison, moves to Amsterdam to the net and uh, in the Netherlands, and he starts to get really heavily involved involved in Europe's drug supermarket to set up a business smuggling coke, heroin, weed into the UK and Ireland only. So he isn't dealing with anywhere else in the world. Just the UK He's just dealing the UK and Ireland. But his science degree comes in really ha- handy because he starts making his own yep. MDMA. I figured this was going on. Um, so he starts to... So we paid for this man. Yes. To learn how to make a new drug. Yes. And also learn the languages of five separate cartels around the world mm-hmm. so he could negotiate with them. Yeah. Excellent. Um, it's all going very well. And we put him in a prison where, because he goes to, he gets moved from like Mount Joy to, uh, what's this, like maximum security in Portlaoise Portlaoise prison Portlaoise prison yeah. um, he gets moved down there and that's where he meets John I think it's John Cunningham I'll google that name but his surname is definitely Cunningham he's from Ballyferma and his family still live here right so that's um, where he meets him yeah and so he's like building his network and he's no intention of stopping doing what he's doing sure why would he he had £108,000 worth of heroin by the way when, when he said to the uh, judge I'm just addicted to drugs um, I'm just a drug addict I'm not selling um, <laughs> this is all for me yeah so Christy grows an empire he studied his trade well in the Netherlands and he carried himself like a businessman he always dresses to part his connections there lead to a nexus with Spain where the movement of traditional Amsterdam based gangsters moves south to Spain to avoid heat so as things grow they commonly moved to Spain and Spain is known during this time and still is to be quite lax in terms mm-hmm. of like watching where money is coming yeah. from um, this was part of the first generation to connect with Amsterdam and Spain Christy Kinahan Sr. moves his operation to the Costa del Sol in the 2000s and he invites his, he invites his two sons his two sons teenager Daniel and Christy Jr. this is horrible that he dragged his kids into this yeah like what the fuck dude so he he's said to have like realized that in watching so his two sons are still in like Teresa Gardens or Oliver Bond flats with their at this with point their, their mother yeah um but like they're they they're like they don't have any other choice like and yeah. I I mean that it's shit like because they're known for their father yeah but the two of them like eat out on their father's reputation oh so they're living for like it, living like. for it. and Daniel is like so Daniel's next in line. But, like, he's hungry for it. Do you know what? It's just, like, it makes me sad because it's, like, you would think that he knows how hard this life is that he maybe would have thought, maybe I'll keep my kids away from this and maybe I won't 
get them involved in this. But obviously this man is a narcissist and a sociopath. So. He is a narcissist and a sociopath. But the other thing about this is like these guys are making, like at this point, this guy's probably worth like 250 million pound. Like he's worth a fortune, a fortune, and, and he's so, and living his kids this are like still living in flamboyant. Like, and that's the thing about it is like they never change their address. So there's a story that's not in this, but like one of the Kinahans gets married, and it gets flagged because they book like one of the Marriotts here in in Ireland. Yeah, but it's like one of the five star Marriotts. Yeah, and they show up like a month before they want to book their wedding. And the woman that they're marrying, like, shows up with cash for the deposit, uh, doesn't want a receipt, and they give these, like, addresses of, like, Oliver Bond Flats and Crumlin. And so it gets flagged. So they alert the guards, and the guards run the name of the individual that she's marrying, and it's a surname, the Kinahans. So it hits, like, a ton of, like, connections on Pulse. So the uh, wedding is, like, fully bugged by cab. Fuck. So, and, like, Kinahan Senior flies in and he comes over with like Arab kings that are running drugs in like uh, the Middle East. This is insane. Oh, it's insane. And like the. Like, this is beyond So all of the credit understand. card transactions are like seized by the guards. The entire like room itself is like fully bugged uh, with like video and recording yeah. um, equipment. The. There's like people who oh, try sorry, to honey. get to go to the wedding who are yeah. undercover detectives. And um what was the other thing they did? Oh, their their phones, all of the phones like used at the wedding are all tracked. That's so all the numbers insane. are registered on the local like uh data point that picks up and and yeah, yeah, off, and over. they collect all of those numbers and then cab open like a full investigation, investigation because it's the first time they've got all of these people in a room um but christy senior keeps himself like really far away from the wedding he doesn't sit at the top table he doesn't give speech he like stays out of the limelight um but like these people are worth but they don't like in terms of like what they have here in Ireland and what they show they're all driving like they're driving Lamborghinis but living in Crumlin (laughs) and they're wearing like Rolex watches that like honestly are more than mine and your like yearly salary combined but like living in flats isn't it crazy so and it's also funny that they think that people don't see like are yeah, aware like of that. people aren't like (laughs) they're like I have a million euro Porsche but they won't know because I live in Crumlin So that's just an offset story. That's not in this story. So Christy is Christy grew an empire. He studied his trade well in the Netherlands. He carried himself like a businessman. He's well educated. His connections there led to him from to go from the Amsterdam to Spain, and then Christy Kinnan Kinnan Senior moves his operation to Spain permanently from the two thousands. He then invites his two sons over because he sees within his sons friends like foot soldiers like okay. a way to sell drugs yeah, yeah, and move yeah. drugs and um and um his two sons are called daniel and christy jr they'd grown up in their mother's flat in dublin um daniel and christy's mum dies in 2015 oh, no. and the boys become full-time members of their father's operation the business then quickly expands from europe to south america and the middle east Fuck me. they Established, they established direct links to Colombian cocaine exporters, becoming a one-stop shop for heroin, cocaine, cannabis, guns, and money laundering services. Um, the Kinahans were bringing so much cocaine into Europe that they were overheard by the Spanish police while they were being investigated that they were planning to buy their own container ship in 2010. For drugs? Yeah. 
Like they're they have like when you do like a business registered search, it's insane how much shit that they have. they own, and it's all like food exporters. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tr- like they're all moving shit constantly. It's like plants in the Netherlands, like tulips, and like they're ju- they're just moving drugs around in these like things. But there's so many of them that like the police just can't actually can't keep, keep up. Can't keep on top of um, it. So, they're planning to buy their own container ship. In 2010, the Kinahans are busted by the Spanish police, with father and two sons arrested and raids with properties in Spain, the UK. So, it's like a big operation that's like done amongst all of the like communities and all of the police forces. So, it's Spain, the UK, Ireland, Cyprus, Belgium, Dubai and Brazil. Holy shit. And on the same day, they go in and like arrest, like it's like, 215 people get arrested there's like so many things are seized by cab it's insane like what they seize in cab cab is crazy we were driving through along for the other day and we were driving past this house and there was like a a house and then there was another house being built behind it and I was like well like what's that my mother was like cab seized everything yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was like, cab seized all that. So I, we're using the abbreviation CAB, but CAB is the Criminal Assets Bureau of Ireland. Now, it's a really funny and odd way to, like, deal with crime in Ireland. Yeah. So it's when they can't... Get them Get for them for the actual crime they did. They quite often go after the fact that they have no way of, like actually stating how they financially have this yeah so it's seized it. and then they seize it until you can declare how you got it but that never happens and nope. there's a period of time and then it becomes the government's property don't they do like um what you call them uh, auctions, auctions. Yeah. yeah we need to go to a cab auction oh that'd be cool definitely need to go to let's one. google that and see if we okay, can do that let's do it yeah so um, they so I said it goes as far as Brazil the police found the gang had financial interests spanning the globe from Libya and Panama to China and Latvia after recovering 500 million euro in assets including a corner of Brazil where the gang were planning to build hundreds of luxury apartments the police in Spain boasted that they had taken down the Irish mafia. So it's like a big thing in like the Spanish media. Yeah. And they were like, we're doing everything to stop Irish criminals. Because like the Costa del Sol is yeah. known as like... like Where Irish criminals yeah. go. Like yeah. John Gilligan Whenever they do their... anything, they're like, he ran away to the Costa yeah. del Sol. Yeah. Um, but the Spanish operations is botched and none of the Kinahans are jailed. And while they're forced to lay low, the so-called Irish mafia is far from finished. Fuck, how do they botch that shit? Dumbasses. There's an awful lot of like under like backhanders with this, That's and it, of I course. like I know from like Ballyfermot that there's people in Ballyfermot that I know physically are paying the guardy and our local TD. Yeah, of course, there is to be like I'm you, like there's, you let me know something's gonna happen. Far too much crime, and far too many people are known to the guardy for them to be getting away with the shit that yeah. they're getting away with. So after the prosecution in Spain collapses. Daniel Kinahan establishes his own... So a big part of like this is he's got a boxing gym. So he establishes it in Porta Banos near Marbella in the Costa del Sol. And by 2015, he'd moved from training to managing. And he signed around 100 boxers. 
Wow. The gang involvement in the crime had also intensified. So the Hutches and the Kinahans became unlikely friends. And Jerry Hutch and Ta- Daniel Kinahan became become really close pals. Sharing a luxury villa in Marbella. Stories of their fr- friendship encompasses sex parties where they share sex workers. Who were clearly trafficked, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, drug binge parties. But at the time... As time passes, Daniel becomes suspicious of Gary and he's convinced he's a rat and then he's giving information to the Spanish Please. authorities. It, that he's like a Garda informant as well back in Dublin. The, the Hutch guy? Yeah, oh. so this is where this whole like Hutch Kinahan feud, feud starts. starts. Um, because pre like if nobody knows who I'm talking about, the monk or like the Hutch monk, I can't think of his first name. Jerry the Jerry, Hutch. Jerry, Jerry, Hutch? Yeah, yeah, Jerry yeah. the Monk Hutch. Yeah. Um, is another really famous like Irish gang, like incredibly famous. Yeah, massively. I don't think people realize how famous it was. The the monk was voted one of Irish sexiest men. <laughs> oh, we have no standards because he became a celebrity. The the bar is on the floor, lads. Um, and he's called the monk because it it was a rumor that was started. So there's the real reason he's called the monk is that when he was in prison, he just laid low and he's really quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, out in the media, the reason because he had this like really obvious no <coughs> drug stance. Yeah, but that's because he worked with the provisional IRA. So he was like, I'll deal like I'll deal with cannabis, but I won't deal with anything, anything else. else. Yeah, it wasn't because like he took this stance on drugs. He says it is. It's not. It's because not. he couldn't because he was working with the provisional yeah. IRA and they were like, absolutely no, you don't control this. Yeah. Um. So the monk is really famous for a very famous heist. That's what he's famous yeah. for. Um. And the Criminal Assets Bureau, again, couldn't get him for the crime. So he was forced to pay like a debt of like nearly 1.6 million. Um. But he's like... I would know him to see. Yeah. He's super famous in Dublin and he's almost like in fucking quotes, air quotes, turned his life around. He's a big part of like North inner city Dublin. So he's from Summerhill in and around that area. Um, He's from po- like, so he is the quintessential standard, like poverty stricken, yeah, yeah, like yeah. criminal. He started a really famous gang when he was younger called the Bugsy Malones. Oh my God. And they were like terrorizing. So they, they were really famous for like doing heists. So they used to go in and like do armed robbery on like banks and like yeah. credit union shops. And they would like terrorize people. But the thing he was famous for is that he would put some money back into his community. Yeah. So he gave people, he offered people a way out of like Summerhill and like North Inner City Dublin. Um, he almost had like this Robin Hood. He still does. Kind of thing so he's like there. an awful lot of boxing clubs as yeah. well. He's famous for and he like put money back into it but like so does tons of other people like famous people backed him yeah 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 um, like the Taoiseach was down at one of his like boxing clubs yeah um, so he then he started a taxi business which was the initials were CAB and he started his taxi business after he gave CAB all the money Um, but he becomes like this unlikely like f- friend of like Kinahan Christy Kinahan yeah but like they're not really they're not in cahoots together but they like know each other and they're clearly both criminals in Dublin so they yeah. play in the same scenarios but Jerry Kinahan so this younger Kinahan or not Kinahan Hutch Jerry Hutch become him and like Daniel 
Kinahan become like best friends. BFF. Like best pals. Until it all goes tits up. Yeah. And like this is like a new Hutch family member that's like he's taking a stance against like what the family business is. He doesn't want little side hustles. He doesn't want raids. He wants to like move drugs. He wants to be part of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he wants to join these two families together and make all of this money. Yeah. So... He thinks that he's a rat now and he's be- he's began peddling misinformation to try and catch him out. So he then starts to like give him like nuggets of like information that's untrue. Like the Wagatha Christie case. Like the Wagatha Christie case. Here, a side note. Do you think that Rebecca Vardy was staring that? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, I just think these people have too much access to money. <laughs> and they have no standards. I just so find the whole thing so funny. Like they're in the fucking high court in the UK. Over Instagram posts? Yeah. <laughs> Like fucking rich people, rich people. <laughs> give your money to people give that your need money it. To charity, like, please. Sorry for interrupting. Um, so he begins like peddling misinformation, um, and to try catch him out. At one point, Jerry was so trusted within the belly of the Kinahan organization. Uh, when the Irish mafia decided to finish with the Dublin hitman Paddy Doyle years previously, Jerry Hutch is the one that they use, and Jerry Hutch is like growing up with Paddy Doyle they're like best friends and he lures his own pal his own childhood pal into a trap when their jeep comes under attack because that was the plan oh my god so he's made to look as if he wasn't involved because he's there when this guy's murdered fucking hell Um, Doyle had died and Hutch had returned Hutch had returned to Dublin to carry his coffin so he carries his coffin and claims to his parents that like the Russians were to blame but this guy's the guy that like set up this entire thing with the Kinnahans. And Daniel Kinnahan pays the money for the funeral oh, to wow. the family. Okay. This is so very Hutch dark. is like no saint in any Absolutely of this. Absolutely not. No. Um, no. So they think he's a rat and they don't trust him. Ratso. So Gary Hutch is murdered at approximately 11.30 a.m. on the 24th of September 2015. It's in, it, it, initi- it initiates the like feud of like this entire thing Gary Hutch who's 34 years old at the time of his death was shot dead at the apartment complex in Maria Flores it's a neighbourhood of Marbella when Gary Hutch had met his end on Thursday mornings it's Thursday morning a gunman had waited for the 34 year old to step outside into the blazing sun running through the shared swimming pool of the complex so this complex is almost like expats full of retired people So he begins like running through because he knows what's happening because the guy just starts shooting at him. Where Hutch had run for his life. His killer in pursuit firing again and again. So he fires like something ridiculous like 8 to 12 shots. He's trying to get into like the coded gate of the apartment complex to like lock it and get out of the guy's way. But one by one the bullets co- keep coming. Uh, he, he Where it ends is when the 8 bullet that is shot it shoots it like goes through the back of his head and oh, he's assassinated. Were there people watching that? This is entire thing happens like while people are like sitting at this swimming pool, while people are sitting on their balconies. Dude, I would have shit myself. And these are all like, yeah. So he's surrounded by pensioners that had fled and shut their doors oh, as the gosh. terrible noise noises began. Nobody knew Gary Hutch or anything about him, and he clearly kept himself to himself. In the time he was living in a complex, it was nice but pretty basic. A far cry from the villa he had once shared with Daniel Kinahan. Gary was unarmed at the time of his killing and is reported to have pleaded for his life before 
being shot by his killer. Oh, God. He's originally from Champions Avenue in the Dublin city centre. Gary is the nephew of Jerry the Monk Hutch, the leader of the Hutch crime syndicate, and he'd previously been convicted of armed robbery. After his release from prison, he moves to Spain, where he had lived for eight years prior to his death. Gary Hutch had been working closely with Daniel Kinahan for some time before his death by 2014. However, as stated above, he was suspected as being an informant for the Spanish police, though this would be posthumously posthumously be discovered to have been a complete false allegation. Absolutely incorrect. And not true. So is this motherfucker just seriously paranoid? Yeah, like, there's stories of, like, uh, Christy Kinahan in particular. Like, if he's meeting anyone, he'll change the meeting location up to 20 times. And he'll do it, like, two to three hours before you're due to meet him. Um, So just to kind of... Yeah. Are they trying the supply as well? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're all on stuff, yeah. yeah. No, they're not. Oh, they're not? No, so, like, the reason the Kinahans are so prolific is they don't do drugs. Because they're... On the ball. Mm, I'd be great at selling drugs. <laughs> he also tried to shoot a senior Kinahan gang member, allegedly. Jerry Hutch had organised with Daniel Kinahan for a close associate of Jerry's to be shot in a punishment shooting as compensation for Gary's supposed role as an informant. So there was like a meeting of the families, the family heads, and there was like this negotiation. So Patrick Hutch, Gary's brother is alleged to have been voluntarily shot in the leg by Daniel Kinahan in an attempt to save his brother's life. What? Yeah. So they shot this guy in the leg. Sarah, stop. And they paid €200,000 to the Kinahan family by Gary Hutch in exchange for his life. Imagine standing there waiting to get shot in the leg. Yeah. That's that's common in... Like, you get like a... um, both deals, however, are clearly reneged upon. So he, like, the big thing that kicks off this feud is that, like, they had been offered, they had been told that, like, he pays this money, this shooting happens. Done. That's it, it's done. But then, like... That was pushed back and they didn't do that. And they fucking murdered them in so Spain. So they went and shot him to death. This is said to be the catalyst for a bloody gang war that starts between these families that has gone on to see 18 people murdered. Some gangland members, some innocent bystanders, bystanders, or a case of mistaken identity. And that's not to say the amount of people that have been shot and injured in these shootings. That's insane. So the next shooting I'm going to talk about is called The Killing of David Byrne. So this is the most famous one. Okay. Super famous. So this shooting is the Regency Hotel in Whitehall in Dublin. It takes place on the February 5th, 2016. And it is the revenge murder for Gary Hutch by the by the Kinahan gang. So they're like... um, They're like being targeted because of this Gary Hutch shooting. Okay. Daniel Kinahan was the main target as he's the organiser of this boxing match. So you know the way we go back and yes. I say that he started... Um, representing boxers and oh sorry yeah, okay. managing boxers yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he is holding events like I would have known Daniel Kinahan as someone in the boxing area I knew he was a criminal yeah. but I had heard of him because my uh, nephews and my fa- my brother-in-law and my next door neighbour for a while was a pro boxer so that's how you would have um, so I would have heard his guy. name through all of those kind of circles so Daniel Kinahan was to be main target as he was the organiser for the boxing match. He was That was due to take place. By now he's head of the Kinahan gangland organisation. So his father's kind of taken a step back and Daniel is now ahead of it. Um, but they run it together but like Daniel's like at the forefront of it and he's really like, Daniel wants the limelight. 
He wants the attention. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Christy, who now runs the operation from Spain. The weigh-in for the fight was taking place in the Regency Hotel when this attack occurred. There were six people involved in the shooting. Two of them came in using AK-47s and just started to open fire in this room. I remember this. This is fucking insane. Yeah. When the weigh-in was taking place. People thought this was like a terrorist attack. Yeah. Yeah, initially. So the, the room was full of innocent members of the public who were there to support a local sport in Dublin in a Dublin hotel. The room was had children, journalists, media members. My brother-in-law and my nephew were due to be there. I remember you told me that, yeah. Um, had planned to be there, but thankfully had a football match and one of them was playing, that one of them was playing in and ultimately missed the, missed event. the event. But my next door neighbour was there. So was it indiscriminately just for like blah, 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 No, blah, like it was like they, they came in they and were... They, they were trying to, but they were just terrible at fucking at shooting. Like they're using automatic like weapons as well. Auto- we don't have automatic weapons yeah. in this country. Like. Um, our next door neighbor is a pro boxer was at the event. Uh, boxing as a, as a sport is a huge part of Dublin culture. And most working class communities have clubhouses. Yes. There, there is videos online as people are filming the way in. So oh, yeah, like they're on that. Instagram yeah, and we're, they're we're on Facebook. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, children can be heard screaming and calling for their parents to help because everybody's panicking and running. Oh god! It was a coordinated attack with some of the attackers disguised as Garda emergency response unit members, and one of them is is dressed as a woman. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so like there's two people in the room with the AK forty sevens, and then there's one person outside. And there's four pictures, like you can see who it is, and they're fully dressed as a woman, but they've like a bulletproof vest on. I didn't know. And that. they're holding a gun. So, one of the attackers is believed to be dressed as a woman to gain access to the hotel, with witnesses describing the attacker as wearing an auburn rig, holding a handgun. The next thing I'm going to say is a witness quote, and there is a word in it that is offensive. So they say, I saw a man dressed as a woman. She walked past me, bumped into me. I thought she was a transvestite. Little did I realize it was a man. And so that's th- that person had a gun as well. Though. Yeah, they had a gun, and just like when I, I'll show you, we'll put the pictures up. But like the pictures are like so incredibly crystal clear. <laughs> um, the man dressed in women's clothing was outside the building watching people fleeing. So they went in, they started to shoot. Right. They Daniel Kinahan was in there, but he but the next thing was that this person was waiting outside. So if he ran outside, they could shoot him. Right. Um. So they were. He was heard shouting, "He's not fucking here! I can't find him." Clearly meaning Daniel Kinahan. Two people were injured in the shooting and one person was killed. David Byrne, Daniel Killahan was, David Byrne was the person that was murdered. Daniel Killahan was believed to have left the venue through a window as the shooting started, was not injured at all during the attack. There is a short video available online taken just prior to the shooting. The video shows a boxer being weighed in and the shots are heard as numerous people start to run for cover. The cameraman exits the building through a side door and a young girl's voice can be heard saying, Daddy, help me. Daddy, what was that? It's really oh, upsetting. Oh, God. David, Bur- David Byrne was a known associate of the Kinahan gang. He is a suspect in a few gangland murders and attacks, but has never been charged. He was also under investigation for drug smuggling for the Kinahans due to the circumstances Due to the circumstances of his death, his funeral would require special security oh, protocols that's, in that's a case. Fucking crazy. Want to hear something like really insider information about this? Yeah, go on. I don't know if we can say it, but we'll, well say. We'll say. We'll, we'll, at the end of this, we'll say. If we can Someone I know, who I'm not particularly fond of, uh, was the I mean, horseman for this guy's, like, like, brought his body down to the... Fuck off. Yeah. Is it who I think it is? Uh, yeah, like yeah. little fucking yeah, yeah, scumbag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we can keep that in. We didn't say any names. Mm. Um, 
So it would require special security protocols in case there was retaliation or another planned attack. The funeral would be an ideal opportunity for another attack with a lot of gang members expected to attend the event. Extra guard were called in and in and the church for the ceremony was checked for explosives but for the ceremony. There was no further incidents during the funeral process. I remember that. I remember seeing pictures from it. It's fucking crazy. The attack at the hotel and the killing of David Byrne led to an all-out gang war between the Kinahan gang and the Hutch gang. It would eventually lead to the num- murder of 18 people. In total, with the Kinahans murdering Eddie Hutch in retaliation just three days after this shooting. Eddie Hutch was the brother of Jerry Hutch, a.k.a. the monk, the leader of the Hunch gang. The feud had all stemmed from the killing of Jerry's nephew, Gary Hutch, in Spain in 2015. Gary's brother, Patrick Hutch, was charged with the murder of David Burns. The girl in the... The man in the wig... That was who shot the David Byrne. Is Patrick Hutch, yeah. Wow. But charges are later dropped. It is believed that Patrick was the individual who was dressed as a woman during the shooting. In August 2021, Jerry Hutch was arrested in Spain by a European arrest warrant ordered for by the director of the public prosecution. He has been flown back to Ireland and again arrested and charged over the murder of David Byrne. And he awaits trial. So the monk hasn't he's gone still, on trial yet, he's but he's in prison, in prison now. As the murder numbers murder numbers grew into double, double digits, the leader of the Kinahan clan, what did you say this word was? Jettisoned. Jettisoned their European base in Spain and re- relocated to Dubai in the UAE. The Gulf City state has become a bolt hole for European mobsters, partly because the UAE has no extradition agreement for war- wanted criminals and is cloaked in financial secrecy. Using their considerable wealth, the Kinahans began to embed their drug business into legitimate society. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? Despite extensive publicity around the gangland shooting in Dublin, research carried out by the International Consortium of, Investigation Journal- of Investigative Journalists found that in the UAE, the Kinahans were able to set up a series of food, clothing and consultancy companies with the assistance of powerful business figures in Dubai which were used as fronts for drug money laundering. It is taught that Christy, Jun- Christy Jr. said to be the quieter and more intelligent than his older brother is the one who inherited his father's talent for cleaning dirty money. Daniel married, and when did you hear this? Daniel married in 2017 in a lavish seven-star, you know, the Burj Al Arab Hotel? Seven-star. You know that hotel yeah, that's yeah, super yeah. famous in Dubai? That's where he got married. Their wedding list was like a who's who of European mobsters. Guests included Cream of Europeans Underworld, Raphael Imperial from the Italian Camorra, a Dutch-Moroccan gangster called Rudan Tahi, a Chilean cocaine smuggler called <laughs> Richard Vega, a Bosnian and Bosnian Ed, Ed in Gash. Gaka Kanan of Balkan Mafia, known as Tito and Dino Cartel. Also in attendance was the DEA, who, according to documents, Sorry. shared yeah, who, according to documents shared with the Dutch police, feared at the time that the Kinahan and his well-dressed friends were in the process of forming a new super cartel. So they like, like, literally went undercover at this wedding. Fuck me, this is unbelievable. While Daniel Kinahan was building a criminal network in Dubai, he was steadily becoming an increasing and influential figure in professional boxing. Another guest at the wedding was Tyson Fury himself. Oh, I heard about the, all this shit that went down with well, that Well, this guy, is yeah. what's kicked off everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Nicola Talent writes in Clash of the Can Cla- Clash of the Clans. Clans. Tyson was ordered to delete a tweet wishing Kinahan well. His promising career had tanked due to depression, drink and drugs. But Fury had been given a new lease of life when Daniel Kinahan decided to take him under his wing and become his manager and agent. Kinahan was passionate about boxing. So he was eager for sports to like wash all of like his Dublin criminality and murder out of his hair. Right. No one like honestly this is like so organised. Tyson wrote the tweet and then the Kinahans were like take it down. This man is a professional, but like punch lumps out of you, Emma. He's a he's a fu- fu- I didn't know anything about this chap, and then when all this shit yeah. kicked off, um, he's fucking mad. Yeah, and he was like, take that down. So his name was then removed from Twitter, and and this got deleted. But as time has gone on, Daniel Kinahan's problem is that like he doesn't actually want to stay out in the back. He wants he wants the and glory. He thinks he's done enough in terms of like what he's done within the <laughs> sports like, world he didn't do any of that for fine. everyone to be like oh okay no he's a legitimate businessman um, <laughs> but he's also like apparently he's fucking terrifying so meanwhile the DEA and the Europol the EU's policing agency were building their evidence on the Kinahan's global network with investments and criminal links across every continent now the police have effectively shut down the Kinahans in Ireland and UK, but other soldiers of the gang have just came up and taken over as the families move into more legitimate territory. So, like, in theory, it looks like they're very much out of here and the police have kind of called it this great big success. They really aren't. Like, well, the Kinahans can give a fuck because like, they're going to get money, more but money. But I know tons of people that work for the Kinahans who are like, like, I'm, I'm in the Kinahans. Yeah. Like, Ballyferma is like... There's so many people I know that are It's so funny that the Guardi are like, good job, everyone. (laughs) It's not. It's just someone else has taken over. This has gone... It's gone too... It's too big. Yeah. It's too big. It's it's grown... It's grown 10 heads, you know? Yeah. So, the police, according to think they've effectively shut it down here, but they haven't. But if you look at their influence on the map, they have trajectories going everywhere. If you look at where MTK Global, that's the boxing firm that Daniel started, that's where the Kinahans were. You name a country... They have their tentacles in it, and that includes the United States. Jesus. In 2019, 15 tons, that's 300, and, no, it's 33,000 pounds of cocaine thought to be worth around a billion dollars were seized at Philadelphia's port on a cargo ship bound for Europe. At the time, the Irish police said they suspected the shipment, one of the biggest coke busts in the US history, was ordered by a cop cooperative a cooperative of European gangs, including the Kinahans. So see that cartel where they're they like... They all got together to they try were like, and do let's, it. let's do it this way. So they all got together, but it got busted. Um, the US was being used as a new waypoint to trafficking of Europe's, coca- of Europe's cocaine when it became clear after Fury shout out in 2020 that Daniel was behind a series of high-profile boxing fights in the US. Those who had been tracking his criminal c- career... And his rising legitimacy within the sport decided it was time for action. So th- there was a point in 2020 where um, Fury does a tweet and it's like a one word, like a video. And at the end of it, he's like, I just want to say a big thanks to Daniel for making this happening. But that's planned. Like, that's planned. Oh, that was planned. Okay. So this is like a strategy from Daniel Kinahan where he's like, I'm now, like, I'm, I'm so far removed from this. Like that, that hutch thing happened in fucking, you know, 2017. It's nothing to do with me anymore. Nothing to do with me anymore. Now it's 2020. Like you can start saying, like, I want people to know that I'm the one making these things happen. 
Like, I'm a legitimate businessman. It would have been great if you just shut his fucking mouth. Yeah. Chairman Bob Arab admitted that the company of, like, top rank, this is like a big boxing company, had paid Daniel Kinahan a total of $4 million in consultancy fees for four Fury fights between 2019 and 2021. The money was paid to Dubai-based company Hoop Sports Agent, one of several Kinahan-linked far- firms sanctioned by the US last month when they called out their sanctions. Aram said that the Fury fight deal was arranged by top-rank former general counsel Harrison Whitman, who now works for Probellum, a boxing promotion firm with alleged links to the Kinahans also. Oh, but he's his or is in everything. Yes. All of which have been denied by the company. Aram said that despite being promised by Daniel Kinahan that he had cleaned up his life to become a legitimate <laughs> business owner, he severed connects. So it's like this thing of like, well, he told me it was fine. But because you're telling me it's not now, I've severed my connections. So he's like, I've severed my connections after the Irishman started to use bullying tactics. And he had discovered that Kinahan might still be involved in some nefarious activities. People are fucking scumbags. But then came the Tyson Fury name check on Twitter, thanking Daniel for setting up one of the biggest fights of his career, a mistake. You stupid motherfucker. Matt Christie, the editor of Boxing News, a British weekly boxing magazine, stated, it was a hugely pivotal moment for the Kinahan gang's involvement in the sports. This was an effort to legitimise Daniel Kinahan and it grabbed the world's attention People in boxing could no longer turn a blind eye in his involvement, said Chrissy Sobin says. It's like kind of hush hush. And people just like, pretending? Yes. Like, okay. T-Shock Leo Varadkar, so at the time Leo Varadkar was still T-Shock. Oh, I didn't know that. Spoke out in the parliament against Daniel Kinahan and influenced Ireland sport minister Brendan Griffin and said his power in boxing was completely unacceptable. The media in the UK and Ireland jumped on the story and... Sky Sports, sport, so sports broadcasters, including Sky Sports and BT Sports, began to distance themselves from boxers linked to Daniel Kinahan. There was also like a number of like public questioning of people where like just like boxers were like, because they're terror. Like the other thing is like, I know sports, boxing is incredibly corrupt, but there are so many legitimate sports people that are in it, but the people oh. are. Ca- like people in charge criminals are, yeah and they know they're criminals they're fucking terrified, terrified of them so Sick. basically if Tyson Fury had not tweeted this out but Daniel Kinahan led it so it's Daniel it's, it's not it's not fault. Tyson Fury it's, it's like. t- but if he had not said go ahead now and yeah this wouldn't have kicked off the way it's kicked no. off basically I'm <laughs> sure eventually it would have kicked off just pretending he's not part of it just actively pretending yeah. after giving him four million dollars mm-hmm. fuck me the BBC aired um, a documentary called Boxing and the Mob. I watched it. It's very good. It's an expose on Daniel Killahan's linked to organised crime and the aura of menace he had over the spo- sport. Most people in the boxing world were too scared to appear in the programme for fear of reprisals. That word always reminds me of the Grinch. <laughs> However, former boxing world champion Barry McGuigan, who doesn't give a fuck, he's from Barry, North, Barry doesn't give a fuck, told the program, Kinahan was a dangerous man who had brought an element of terror to the boxing world. Four days after its release, the program makers received threats, according to the police in Northern Ireland. In a lengthy statement, Daniel Kinahan said he had helped organise over a dozen major world titles and denied any links to organised crime. Daniel... 
Paul the other one who plays yeah. Jingle Bells. Despite the outing of Kinahan in the media, the pro-Kinahan PR continued unbated. In February, even though Fury and his team said they'd cut ties with Kinahan, in 2020, the boxer and Kinahan were pictured hanging out in Dubai. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in March uh, of 2021, Mauricio Suleiman, pres- president of the World Boxing Council, Council met Kinahan in Dubai. And... An in-column for the WBC appeared to praise and back the gangster who he was pictured alongside. Suleiman has since apologised for the innocent mistake. Oh yeah. Yeah. Super innocent. We all believe you. Shortly after the Kinahans were sanctioned, Fury was grilled by Sky Sports. So I don't know if you saw this, but no. it's only been a month ago. Grilled by Sky Sports journalists about his connection with Daniel Kinahan. He replied the sanctions were none of his business. He deflected questions about his relationship with Kinahan before terminating the interview, saying he would not be doing any more interviews with Sky. There is no suggestion of criminality by any fighters advised by Kinahans. I just want to state that. Like, everybody knows you're lying. Mm-hmm. The entire world, sir, knows you're lying. In an unprecedented move last month, the US Department of the Treasury Office of Foreign Assets Control, so the OFAC, alongside police chiefs from Ireland and the UK National Crime Agency, announced a series of sanctions on the Kinahan organised crime groups. Seven key members, including Daniel, his father Christy, his brother Christy Jr., the Kenahans stand accused by the US government of running a murderous transas- transnational drug and gro- gun trafficking, trafficking organisation worth over $1 billion. Comparable to the Camaro in Italy, the Los Atis in Mexico and the Yakuza in Japan. Isn't it crazy that when that FBI Most Wanted picture was put up? Yeah. I think everyone in Ireland was like, Jesus, look at this. Yeah, everybody, everybody <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> My favourite thing was all the tweets being like, he's down to pilot. He's, he's just go get him. He's doing a podcast He's know where he is. He's doing a yeah. fucking podcast. He's on a podcast today. It just, it's mad. He's in Pakistan now. He's in Pakistan. He's got to Pakistan to like work with like this like sporting agent. They're, they think that like they... The, so they just kind of arrest him? What's no, happening? the DEA think that they that these in particular are going to like go to like Iran like somewhere where there's like literally no extradition yeah there's no extradition um, that's what they think is going to happen next insane lads so uh, clearly worried the gang was gaining too much legitimacy in the US due to its links with a host of professional fighters including heavyweight champion Fury and MTK Global one of the most influential companies in sports formed by Daniel Kinahan in 2012 the US government offered up a reward of 5 million dollars for the information leading to the disruption of the Kinahans or arrest or conviction of its key members. The declaration of war in the Kinahans included the freezing of US assets, the businesses linked to the cartel and the European arrest warrant on murder murder charges for Daniel Kinahan's most trusted lieutenant, Sean McGovern. The Kinahan organised crime group smuggles deadly narcotics, including cocaine, to Europe and is a threat to the entire illicit economy through its role in international money laundering, said the US Treasury, which described Dubai as a facilitation hub for the gang's illegal businesses. The US authorities have vowed to use every available resource to dismantle the cartel's criminal network, which includes scores of front companies, often food wholesalers, used to move tons of cocaine, heroin, cannabis around the world and launder its proceeds. 
I'm going to go through the list of people that have died. Oh, no. Darren Kearns was 33 when he was murdered. David Byrne was 34. Eddie Hutch Sr. was 59. Vincent Ryan was 25. Noel Duggan was 55. Martin O'Rourke was 24. Michael Barr was 35. Garrett Hutch was 36. David Douglas was 54. Trevor O'Neill was 41. Noel Kerwin is 62. Michael Kyo is 37. Kane Kerwin McCormick was 24. Derek Coakley Hutch was 27. Jason Molyneux was 27. Clive Staunton was 50. And the most, Im- they're all important, but Trevor O'Neill, who was 41 years of age, was shot on holidays with his family. He was a council worker and he it was a case of mistaken identity. And I also believe that Eddie Hutch was not involved. Eddie he Hutch was, was just, just a taxi driver. Just a taxi driver. He had nothing to do with no. what his brother was doing. Like legitimately nothing to nothing do with Nothing to what do with it. Like a lot of Hutch's brothers, like actually, like they're just, like the Eddie Hutch is a taxi man, but a lot of his brothers are like, just like, they're not. But I feel like they targeted his brother oh, you know, on they're purpose because they, they were like, yeah, we can't get you. We're going to, can't get you. So we're going to get your brother who has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with this. this. So all of these people have died because of this family. And that's not even to say that they're like, I know of a story of a guy that like, uh, and that's the thing about these boxing clubs, right? So like, as I said, boxing is like a massive Dublin in yeah. particular in like, we're, like we have two boxing clubs yeah. in Body Firm. It's a huge, like, it's a huge my, sport here. Um, that's why we nephews were in boxing clubs. Like there's so many people. My next door neighbor was a boxer. So like there's so many people. we ever won at the Olympics. Yeah. There's so many people I know that are included. But what boxing actually represents for because like the Hutch has boxing clubs yeah all of these criminal groups put money into boxing clubs in Dublin but it's because it's where like uh young young boys go who are targeted and so there's one terrible story of um a kid that was like a member and was clearly an at-risk kid and they like essentially give him a gun and, and tell him to go shoot somebody he shoots the wrong person oh a case of mista- mistaken identity and then he mistakenly shoots himself in the head because he doesn't know how, how to use the gun oh for fuck's sake like, but it's like that kid in that document that podcast yeah that literally was just a 15 year old child and they were like we can use this my brother started to like hold drugs them. when yeah. he was like because they're children 12 years of age they're children because he's been so used like the, all those kids you see cycling around like up to no good on they're like being quads used by grown they're men being used by like gangs to, to move drugs. drugs because the guards can't arrest like they can arrest them but they like and then the other thing is like we can't rat them out no because then you're gonna get shot you're and your family's gonna get shot, shot. um it's just like this sad, has man. like a grip on like yeah. Dublin, like you wouldn't believe, and it isn't going anywhere. Like no. there's sanctions on the kid hands. There, it, this is it's too big. But it's, it's just like big. it's, and it's also like as I said, like this whole thing of like we've gotten rid of the kid hands and we've gotten rid. It's like you haven't, you haven't, you like, have you, absolutely. They're just not. new people that are like still like, like ringing it into the kid hands. They, they don't have people set up. Like come on, to fuck, yeah. like. You're kidding yourself. Like, Where do you think all the drugs are coming from? It's a billion dollar country? operation. Like. Come on. Like, it's just very well done, sir. That is the story of the Kinahans. Kinahans, Jesus Christ, lunatics. I don't know how long I've been talking, but it feels like for a while. <laughs> Drink some water. Um, um, that was very well told, Sarah, and very sad in the sense that, like, too many people are dying and it's horrible. 
That poor 41-year-old man. The media don't portray it that way, Emma. Not at all. It's this a thing is, of like, thing. They're, they're killing each other. That is, killing each like, other. I've, heard, I've known people, I've heard people saying, I, that I know, being like, they're just killing each other off. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that's really fucked up. Like, There's 18 members, <laughs> there's 18 people dead in that list I've just given you. And all of those people are like someone's brother, someone's dad, in someone's their, uncle. In their late 20s and early 30s. Yeah, and then to like, outside of all of that, got openly shot in communities that yeah. watched it happen. Like... That are terrorised to speak up. They are living in fear that their sons are going to walk out and have a case of mistaken identity. There's a guy shot around the corner from here, Emma, that was getting oh, I remember up that, yeah. to go to be a butcher. Yeah. Like, an and absolute is, case of mistaken identity. Like, oh, it's one-off. This is happening frequently. Regularly. Like, um, because and you're it's becoming more and guns. more... And that's it. It's like you're giving children guns but even that who don't... Rugby player in Limerick... He was like, you told me it was him. He was tall. Yep. Like, you're giving kids guns. It's so dark. Um, and also when you're like a teenager, you don't understand the fucking full... Like, you're not giving... Like, they're not training them. And they're not training them. They're not being like, here's how you do this. Like, they're just sending children out with fucking guns, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's gangland shit, anyway, man. It's terrifying. Gangland shit. Hashtag don't murder us. <laughs> Please don't murder us. Hashtag everything I said is not true. And Salt I, to the I, earth. I made Salt up, to the earth. I made up the story. I just made up. I salted the earth, everybody. Everyone's uh, salted the earth. Tyson Fury salted the earth because that man, I'd say, could break my entire head open with one Tyson punch. Fury, if you ever fucking touch Emma, I'd break your nose. I didn't, I'd never heard of that man before. I would have the fucking had power ever, of God if anybody ever touches you. Had you ever heard of that man? Yeah, I know all the boxers. Oh, okay, I don't. I've never, is he Irish? No, no, no. Oh, he's English, is he? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of him before. I think he's American. Until all that shit kicked off and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. The FBI are looking for the Kinnans. Yes, and I know there was just a picture of Daniel Kinnahan and he, those turkey teeth. I was like, look at that fucking Irish He idiot. does have those turkey teeth. Those does. turkey teeth. <laughs> like, living it up in Dubai. Isn't Gagland shit crazy though? And it's crazy because it's so interlinked in the community. Oh, fuck. Like, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who did a thing and then they know another person and then it's so scary. You stay away from all these people. Like, Gangland... It's so intertwined in uh, working class society. Yeah. It's insane. And, it's and that's fair. one of the reasons why these, um, they become fair. like idolized. They become like, as I said, they're like, like the, like, the hutch like is like Robin Hood. Yeah, it's like the mafia. Like he's going back into his community and he's given, he's he's taken all the rich people's money and given us poor people money. Like that is literally, yeah. when I was a kid, that's like the that's idea how that I was brought given. up with him. It was like, he's driving around in the taxi telling all the guards to go fuck themselves. <laughs> Sticking it up to the man, calling a cab. Like when oh Mike God. Tyson boxed here, Jerry Hutch was personally hired by Mike Tyson to drive him around. That's how much of a celebrity he is. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Jerry Hutch has only ever given one interview, and it was on Irish Primetime. And I recommend everybody going to watch it. I have to watch because it's like a fucking masterclass in like Dublin criminality. He's They're like, gas. why? Like, did I say I did that? I didn't know enough to say that I did that yeah, like it's like hanging out with every like fucking 27 year old hell yeah I know uh, ah Dublin I never didn't changed admit, I didn't admit to that never changed up. but changed a little um, bit maybe somewhat just somewhat not, too much. Like, not a whole bunch Um, I just want to say everybody's going to my chemical romance you've already gone on Tuesday or Wednesday have a great time All the everybody is an emo again now yeah, uh, well, we put up our emo pic. Do you have any emo pictures saved to you? I have no pictures saved for me at all. Come on, that I one of you God, with that Pac-Man hoodie? I honestly God, I have no emo pictures. I have nothing saved for me. I don't I don't have Facebook anymore. I wonder so if I still have one of your emo pictures I on my nothing. hard drive. Um, we put up an old school emo photo. Emo, but everybody have fun. Everybody seems so excited emo about forever. these gigs. Here, do you know what? When we're on the Patreon, I'm going to talk about the fucking Kardashians. 
I've watched every single episode of the new Kardashians something show. Happened. Something happened. No, I just want to have a chat about it. Okay, we'll chat about it. Uh, because they're relevant. Are they relevant? Uh, to did, did, our did current, they do something? current zeitgeist of... Yeah. They did They did something in particular that I want to talk about. I want to talk about But it. I want to fucking have a chat about that fucking Courtney one and fucking Travis Barker. But anyway, we'll do it on the Patreon. Okay. Everybody have a lovely time. Yeah, everybody have a great time. We're back. Chemical Romance. We're back, baby. Uh, we're back. We're finally we back. We say that on every episode. <laughs> what are we calling this episode? Oh, shit, I'll have don't to you Emma and Sarah please don't shoot please don't shoot us XXX XXX <laughs> <laughs> ah please ah please we're only messing um, I'll have to find something I'll I'm something sorry out. no I think ah please we're only messing ah please listen to ah, lads. Please, lads lads is a joke lads <laughs> we're really sorry um, don't touch up but everybody have a nice week bye um, enjoy whatever happy Christmas Approximation to a hate your violation when I'm working at work, working at work, 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 work,